Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Gather together one last time. And oh. honestly, it's sort of a bummer. I thought to have <laughs> it more. It's sad to hear you say Very that. Very sad. Very I know it's sad. not creepy to cry, but I got a little bit of a tear. I've Maybe been crying. some newt dust. I've been crying eyes. for all four seasons. I oh. just <laughs> happy, sad. Well, anyway, we're gathered here in the weird, weird woods at the end of the sure. long, dark path. Right, as right. as we know, um, let's sure. see. We've got uh, we're gathered around um, a cauldron, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Last time we're gonna get it. I'm very excited. We I feel like he's gonna land it this time. We all flew here on our brooms. Oh yes. wow! Yeah. Okay. Two Killing out of four. It. Good. And we're wearing our pointy witch's hats. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. Oh, this is going so great. Very good. Feeling the dark cockles of my heart. And we raise up uh, our, our magic items for one last time. You know what I'm talking about when I say items, right? No, yeah. I want to hear you say it. Oh, you want to? Okay, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I know, I know. So I'm just saying that it's an item. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to hear you say it. It's you a gotta say it. magic uh, wand. Is it wand? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. You got everything correct. Wow. Oh, what a relief here on wow. the final chilling podcast of Sabrina. What a time to be alive. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this... it. Super sad. This is the final chilling podcast of Sabrina for the final episode. Chapter 36 at the Mountains of Madness. It all ends here. After 36 episodes, we're done with Sabrina. It is a huge bummer. Uh, Obviously, we're going to talk about the entire episode, uh, talk about the show as a whole, I think, um, as well, I'm sure. Uh, Potentially where it might have gone if it continued, because we certainly have some hints there. Uh, And uh, some other hints about stuff about why I, I don't know how much I believe this, but I think we can touch on this about how maybe it's not actually dead. But 
I'm a little I'm a little iffy on that, but we can talk about that at the end of the podcast. Yes, I uh, would say long shot, but um, to your point, uh, it's doing well. It's very popular. Yes, it's very popular. Do we want to talk about this right here at the top? I mean, sure. the thing that because I think everybody coming into this is like. I, I'm sure we're going to talk about this. This feels like almost as definitive an ending as you can get on this show. There's certainly things left open. You can continue the story, but they they put a bow on it pretty yes. succinctly, right? But I do think uh, it felt like that was that was just the end of the season, and it just mm-hmm. happened to be a, such a great coincidental walk down memory lane, and to really mm-hmm. come back the fact that it was her birthday, her 17th birthday. Uh, it was all very nice, nice package you're saying. And I do think they just maybe added that final scene to be like, this is the end. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty typical thing with shows on the bubble, right? To create an episode where it's like, well, we could go forward from here. And certainly with a supernatural show, you can do anything to anybody oh, yeah. at any time. But to your point, um, at work, we interviewed Kira Chipka about this. And she was like, yeah, we had no idea. We didn't, we didn't know it could go either way when we left the set. We were hoping it could come back. Maybe it did, maybe it not. That's not an exact quote. And when I talked to Gavin Leatherwood, like pretty much immediately afterwards, because people fans were worried, were very worried, there was a lot of hugs and crying at the airport and saying goodbye after filming. So people were like, oh no, it's canceled. He clearly didn't know either. He was like, it's up to Netflix at this point. And obviously they made the decision to cancel it. Um, but the other little things that I think are interesting is uh, Kiernan Shipka put a thing on Instagram uh, recently. I think it was Instagram uh, saying uh, this is a goodbye. Uh, see you soon, Coven, or something like that, which might have been like it's never goodbye. We'll see you in the comic books because Roberto Aguirre is potentially at some point down the road with Robert Hack. I think mm-hmm. is the name of the artist uh, going to continue chilling adventures of Sabrina and continue what they were going to do in part five, which was going to be the witch war between Riverdale and Greendale, which would have been awesome. Yeah. Oh, so man. cool. But here's the other little wrinkle uh, that I, I discovered not on my own, but uh, today as we're taping this. So if you go into IMDb Pro, IMDb is a little speculous sometimes because that's your user curated. True. IMDb Pro is professional. It's professionally submitted and vetted information. And the distributor from for 2020 listed for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is HBO Max in the United States, which is pretty weird. It's a weird thing to put on there. That it's is not heading weird. there. The thing that's stranger about it is Netflix, through we know through deals with Marvel, through One Day at a Time, through other shows, is they usually have at least like two years holding on to a show where they don't let it go. So potentially by the time this episode is released, maybe we'll have more clarity on it because we're recording this a couple of days ahead of when it's going to be released. Potentially sometime down the road, maybe it's just a mistake on IMDb Pro, but I could see a world where they do like... They can't continue Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but they do a Afterlife with Archie movie on HBO Max, mm. which has the same characters, has the Riverdale characters all together. And that's how they get around the Netflix rules or something like that. That would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be great. So that's all prelude 
For getting into this episode, big things you need to know. The Eldritch Terrors have been attacking Greendale and other places. Uh, there have been eight of them total. The final one is The Void, and it's coming directly for Greendale, uh, courtesy of Sabrina Morningstar, a.k.a. the Sabrina who has been living in hell, has been married to Caliban. Uh, the Clayman uh, has been kind of chummy with her dad, Lucifer. Uh, she was on a Eldritch Teller called The Cosmic, hanging out with an Eldritch Teller called The Endless, Managed to escape from that just as the Void was attacking, jumped through a mirror. That's kind of where we pick up this episode after a little bit. Um, I know Pete was probably upset because we didn't pick up the second after the last episode ended. Exactly. But uh, also the end list we should mention is Sail on the Talking Cat from the old sitcom. So that's very exciting. Uh, the other stuff that you probably need to know is they've captured or... Uh, stopped each of the endless in different ways, so they've been kind of hanging out in the Spellman yeah. house. The Eldritch Terrace, uh, yes, yes, all the Eldritch Terrace. Thank you. Uh, so those are kind of hanging around. Uh, there's also a guy named the Trinket Man, played by James Urbaniak. Oh, yeah, who's been traveling yeah. around. He seems very mysterious. We don't know what's going on with him, but he Trinket Man spinoff. Trinket Man spinoff. Come it's out. Coming. Uh, and what else do you need to know? I mean, certainly there's a lot of things that happened over 36 episodes. Uh, Sabrina is now definitively with Nick Scratch. That's pretty important to the episode. Yes. Um, and, uh, Father Blackwood has been a severed head held in the Academy of the Unseen Arts. Uh, his rotting body shown to him and tortured, but he has been a slave and, uh, prophet of the Eldritch Terrors, along with Miss Wardwell, who shouldn't be confused with Lilith, the Queen of Hell, uh, who has been dealing with some stuff of her own, specifically uh, cooking and uh, chopping up her own baby and going a little crazy because of it. Yeah. And that seemed to have... Uh, I was surprised that was under-addressed in this episode. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, really addressed at all. Uh, yeah, acted like it didn't happen at all. Yes. Episode. Uh, there are a lot of other things we probably need to talk about, but that's sort of the broad strokes of everything. I'm sure we'll get into more. The um, but the original title wasn't supposed to be At the Mountains of Madness. It was supposed to be What Baby? Oh, What yeah. Baby? Yeah. What Baby? Uh, that's also what I say to my girlfriend when she's like yelling at me. You know, she's like, about? hey, didn't you used to have a baby? And I'd be like, what baby? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as we were mentioning, we don't exactly kick off with Sabrina jumping through the mirror. Uh, we do, however, kick off with a very interesting and weird framing device, which is Miss Wardwell talking to the Pilgrims of the Night Church, a seemingly resurgent Pilgrims of the Night Church. A lot of people. Uh, yeah, full church. A lot of people there telling the story of everything that happened with Sabrina in the last episode. Uh, we get this throughout here to provide a little bit of connective fiber for what's going on in the episode. Uh, but given that we've wondered what Miss Wardwell's purpose is, what her space is in the show, how'd you feel about this framing device? What do you think the meaning was of this? Uh, I thought, I think it was fine. It gave the whole episode a real standalone vibe, which um, I think mm -hmm. is cool. And the, the fact that the episode had so much going on, it felt sort of like a standalone movie almost. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the, the device worked in that regard. I do think maybe um, if they were setting up a, a, another season, I feel like Wardwell would have had more of a role at the end. I feel It feels mm -hmm. like she was being set up to become the leader of this church to then be a threat to um, Sabrina and the rest of the gang down the road. But the way it sort of cashed out here was nice that she was there. And it did give us the sort of uh, legend building of Sabrina, which I think makes a lot of sense the way it ended. 
Yeah. I think uh, it, I, I think it's ahead, really Pete. just about uh, the fact that like, you know, sometimes writers are afraid to we, uh, you know read their work out loud. You know, mm-hmm. and if you're just a creepy writer, you can get somebody else to read it, and maybe it doesn't come across as creepy. Oh, you're saying that was just like the table read for the um, actual uh, show? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe used to do that. Actually, he was like, "I'm a creepy writer. Can you uh, read this out loud?" For yeah, me? because when he would have his readings at Barnes and Noble, nobody would show up, sure. but he had somebody else do the, and then it was packed. He he'd be sitting in the back with a scone and a frappuccino and just uh, <laughs> listening yeah. to the whole thing going on. Yeah. I love frappuccinos. <laughs> more foam, please. Uh, quote quote the frappuccino. <laughs> oh, never more. So then we get back to our main kids. Everybody's in a room making out with each other. I got to tell you, uh, in full disclosure, I never kissed anybody until college. All right. Like, I'm just going to. So I'm just going to mention that. The reason I mentioned that, though, is like, obviously, this was not my high school experience. But there is something always very weird to me anyway when I watch on TV or in a movie where there's a bunch of kids in a room making out together because I'm like, take it. Take it to another room. Well, let me say. Wait, 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 wait. Back the fuck up for a second. There's a lot that you just laid down there to unpack. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry to lay all my sexual peccadillos on this podcast. No kiss at all? Uh, Like, not nothing? Freshman year of college. Wow. Okay. That, that explains right after the REM concert. Pete. Wow. Wow. Pete, on the other hand, was involved Stop in several. Blowing my mind with new information. I'm still trying to recover from what the last landmine. Pete was, uh, on the other hand, was involved in several high school orgies. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> like, if you've got a makeout room, it's not like mm. there's other makeout rooms. So sometimes. You know, if you're at a party or something, something gets designated the makeout room. That's the safe place to do it. Who's doing that? Who's like, this is the makeout room? Get to the makeout room, you kissing people. Well, it just starts with one person, like you know, a, a couple making out. You know, two people, whatever, uh, uh, making out, and then that is then labeled the makeout room. That's just well, kind of how it works. And I do think. Let me say, um, I feel like two. It's not abnormal, I think, to have a bunch of people making out in some sort yeah. of makeout room, as Pete's saying. But that's usually mm-hmm. late at night. Uh, the lights are off. This scene, it just cuts to them like midday. <laughs> it felt <laughs> like. What, what are you talking about, dude? There's, it's always a good time of day to make out. Yeah, that's true. Make out in the morning. Make out yeah. in the evening. Make out at supper time. Supper time. Yeah. <laughs> if you could make out at a big hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love uh, French. Uh, well, anyway, I want, it's, it's I, fine because uh, yes, Pete. I would like to just say though that like I thought that was very like teenage high school kind of like I was like, oh my god, that is classic. You know, like we'll put on this movie that nobody's watching mm-hmm. and everybody's in their own little world, if you will. So I thought that was very kind of funny. I mean, I'm all for making out during the movie. That's all good. It's just I don't want anybody to look at me while I'm doing. Yeah, nobody's there isn't usually a wandering yeah, eye. In the line of sight. I mean, if there's all those people, you're minding your business. It. You're doing what you got to do. It's you're I not I want anybody to see how I kiss. Oh my god. How That's you got to get over what? yourself. Really. You think you're saying you're in a room with people and they're going to sort of look at you and be like, "Whoa, yeah, how's that?" Wow, look, look at how he's kissing. Well, hold up a second, babe. Have you seen this guy make out? <laughs> this is Wow. This is really cool. They're going to do the back to the yeah, future thing. Yeah, give me my pen and paper. I want to check this out. 
gotta check this out. You see what he's doing? Marvin Barry. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I just gotta say though, at the start of this episode, so much tension because it's like knowing that this is the last of the last mm-hmm. is it's it's a lot. And it was just kind of like I watched I usually skip the intro. Watch the whole, I just wanted Watch every last second that I could get with uh, Well, and that's and actually, Jake. in all honesty, why I think this scene is good to have at the beginning, because we're checking in with our main team couples right. here. We're getting to see Harvey and Roz. We're seeing Theo and Robin. We're seeing Nick and Sabrina. So we kind of know where everybody is, and we're seeing them happy, really, yes. for the last time in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in some cases, the first time. Like I, This is yes. the first moment where we've established that these are sort of the set couples. Like the other weird part is they're making out. Harvey and Sabrina are making out with different people in the same room. Like, as much as I've made out in a room with other people there, there hasn't been an ex in there. Which is that to me? <laughs> they're cool uh, with it. It's also a nice parallel with the pilot because we started off with these kids checking out scary movies and talking about them. Uh, like you mentioned, Justin, we're back right before Sabrina's birthday, just like we began. So. Again, even if it was an accidental last episode, there's a lot of nice parallels going on there. Yes. Um, we get another parallel, which I, I've found has actually been a pretty controversial one, at least what I've seen online, people talking about this, where Nick and Sabrina go back to Sabrina's house. We get a parallel to the scene of Harvey, I believe, giving a locket to Sabrina, yeah. and then Nick does the same thing. Uh, yes. Also, Nick does the big bad wolf thing. Which, you know, when he does it, it's just so adorable and cute, that Nick Scratch. But anytime you give somebody a gift that is a tracking, park tracking device, you're jinxing them, right? You're basically cursing their life from then moving forward. Mm -hmm. So Now, I gave my wife a lovely um, ankle tracker for (laughs) for Christmas this year. It's got some, it's bejeweled. And I know oh, okay. exactly where she is at every moment of the day. <laughs> oh it doesn't really make a lot of it, sense uh, since we're in the same house constantly. It's a good device to find Sabrina later on when they lose her. And I think yeah. that's the main reason for it, not to diminish the scene with Harvey and Sabrina or anything like that. Though I do get the idea of the Nubrina relationship is different than the Hubrina relationship. So can we get different scenes there? But again, I think they're just trying to create these parallels. She lives just in to the same house. Device, and that's pretty know, much I mean, it. And yeah, I think it's yeah. trying to say, like, relationships at this age are a bit repetitive. Like, it is mm-hmm. that same, like, ro- big romantic moves like that. So, like, I, I'm i not offended by this. I thought it was nice. Though I am worried, because uh, I feel like all of this Nick Scratch happiness is sucking out his bad boy powers. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, he makes the ultimate bad move by the end, which we'll get to. Uh, maybe not bad boy, but bad yeah uh, <laughs> more, then morningstar crashes through the mirror we finally loop back to the end of the last finally she, finally she closes the pathway warns sabrina and nick of the void and dies and also i think uh talking sale of the cat is just like dead in the background somewhere i know no, no that was like... that was regulation salem as i called before she jumped through to help Wait, what, what are you saying? Yeah, I'd saying Salem when jumping through, she jumped through the mirror to go help Sabrina. Uh, somehow became the endless, and then when she came back, it, there was there aren't two Salem's. It was just one. No, there that's are, incorrect. There, that's wildly wrong, and I don't know why you even want to think that. <laughs> why does that make you happy? I think she ditched that talking cat because that's old news, buddy. Leave that uh, in the nineties. No. 
Uh, yeah, Comedy it was goal. crazy to me that they were just like, well, and Taki Salem's dead. But I guess they didn't want to deal with the puppet all episodes. So. Well, and also, the, let's keep in mind the Salem, talking Salem was the enemy, was a straight yes. up bad eldritch terror. <laughs> oh, I guess. A hilarious <laughs> eldritch terror. And killed Melissa Joan Hart, as we've agreed. Right, chopped her up and ate her. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh, so Sabrina uh, Morningstar is in the mortuary. Uh, meanwhile, Blackwood's head feels the void. He animates his own body, which is, is very badass. creepy and fun. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Uh, and then we have a classic Spellman family meeting where Ambrose, Sabrina, and Nick warn the aunties about the void. And uh, I just want to yeah. say, like, seeing the real aunties, you know, like do their thing, it was just. Very, very nice after the kind of like, even though it was a great shout out to the old ones, just to see everybody back in their kind of rightful place was real nice in this app. It was also funny how little they seem to get their dander up when all this horrible news is coming their way. They're like, well, yes, we'll solve that problem eventually. I I think that kind of makes sense. So they touch on that by the end a little bit. There's a line from Sabrina says where where she says something like, "We'll we'll finish this like we always do together. And they've been through this a bunch of times already. Yeah, approximately 36 of them. All in Uh, one year. Yes. So they're used to it. This is just another in a long line of the terrible things they've had to deal with recently. It's a Tuesday. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, So uh, then we get Sabrina, I would argue, for the first time in the history of the show, doing what Sabrina does but the right way for the right reasons. And what I mean by that Mm. is Nick leaves. She looks over the Eldritch Towers that they've acquired, uh, decides to use the imp to make a wish. That's the bad decision. Uh, But the trinket man appears. Uh, He wants the imp back. Uh, He's got Pandora's box and explains to her she can trap the void, but she has to be inside the void and it might suck her in like a black hole. That's where she made the right decision by exactly. asking him, being like, wait, wait a second. Perfectly timed entrance trinket, man. Do you maybe have something? And I was like, yes, Sabrina, yeah. Well, it wasn't even that. I mean, I think it's the thing that follows that that I felt like, and, and we're proven over the course of the episode that she is making the right moves. Uh, she writes a goodbye note, says goodbye to Salem, goes through Which the nobody party, reads, by the way. Turns it to stone behind her so nobody can follow her uh, and uh, proceeds to try to take down the Void herself. And it's only everybody else stopping her that this time, for the first time in the history of the show, it's everybody else who messes things up, not Sabrina. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I hear you on that. But I also think she made the mistake of uh, what I think the theme of this season has been. Is she's like I'm alone. I have to solve this alone. Mm-hmm. When she doesn't, she need she can go to her people, figure out a plan, and work together to solve it. As she isolates herself at the beginning of the episode, and only later, when they finally come together and can combine their powers, do they, you know, save the day. So I, I, think, I think she's right, still that's fair. Yeah, I, I I think I disagree with you. I think the theme of the show ended up being. Don't do chapters. Just say fucking seasons. You know what I mean? Like that way everybody can follow. Well, the chapters are the episode. The parts are the two parts make a season. It's exactly my point. It's fucking confusing. Two seasons, Pete. So you're saying, Pete, real quick, that's the theme of this show? Yeah, that's the theme. That's the theme. (laughs) Is don't make it harder than it needs to be. I mean, here's the thing. You're not necessarily wrong. Yeah. 
But you just saying that comment is making this podcast harder than it needs to be. So <laughs> how do you feel job. about that? That's my job. Uh, we talked about this before. What's the trick of ads deal? Who do you think he is? Is he God? That's my big theory. Yeah. Um, interesting. But he's just down with the working with the witches. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Just trying to make things right in his enigmatic God way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I consider him more of like sort of the horror movie device where the stranger comes to town and sets everything in motion. Uh, but it does... That's God, man. That's yeah. what God does. That's what God does. Comes to town, sets things in motion. That's God to a T. Anytime wow. I see a man selling trinkets, I'm like, hey, um, why, why why am I here on Earth? And he's like, I don't know, man, give me the, you want that thing, that little trinket? And I'm like, yes, I need this ankle bracelet for my wife. For How much to bedazzle it. Yeah. Uh, but that said, uh, she goes into the void, uh, and the void is, as was kind of teased the last episode. Uh, I did. A, I just. Yes, Pete. Before she goes in the void, she had a nice moment with Salem, which I really appreciated. I thought that was, mm-hmm. and Salem did like a real sad meow, which I, I thought you know summed up. Yeah, uh, fake your... Salem, right? You're talking about fake Salem. Yeah, uh, there's only one Salem. Yes, you really Salem old is time. the talking Salem. You're really reading into these cats' reactions, Pete. You're saying that was a sad meow. Yeah, that was definitely a sad meow when she was leaving. Um, I yeah, you're a cat owner. Now, can you tell when your cat's like, oh, meow? Yeah, oh, yeah. There's definitely, there's different sounds that they make. It's yeah. weird because I actually, I watched the episode with the subtitles on, and when Salem did that in brackets, it said, definitely a happy meow, comma, yeah. Pete. Oh, weird. Because <laughs> on mine, it said, uh, Zalvin's a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> I am sad to see you leave, you know. That's what oh, you really is. have the, you have the cat. <laughs> Uh, dialogue really cranked up on your TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, always <laughs> to eleven, bro. Turn that fucker down, dude. <laughs> no way. No. I want to hear less from cats. Clearly, more. Uh, oh, more. So uh, the void is a art gallery full of M.C. Escher paintings. Uh, otherwise, we all knew all... saw that coming, right? I mean, come no, on. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, this was interesting. <laughs> I liked it. I thought, it was yeah, funny. the fact that she opens a door that's that she's in the void. And yeah, it says the void. Yeah, I like that. I like it's a weird, strong choice, and I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, and it turns out uh, that uh, she is actually able to beat the void with Pandora's box. She starts sucking things in, uh, but meanwhile, back on Earth. They have a reverse void in the galaxy room at the Academy of the Unseen Arts. Uh, everybody realized they can't rescue Sabrina. They can't pull her out of the void. Um, so as Sabrina is sucking everything into Pandora's box and taking care of the void, Ambrose comes out an idea and says, what we could do is we can pull Sabrina Spellman's soul out and put it in Sabrina Morningstar's body. So we'll lose her body, but we'll keep her alive. And Sabrina is about to take care of the void when they stick her in Morningstar's body um, they go to the observatory. The void there is gone, so they think they've won. But Miss Wardwell explains, of course, that nobody is going to live happily ever after. Um, and this kicks off immediately with Sabrina talking to Nick, explaining everything that happened, that she was put inside the dead Sabrina Morningstar's body. But Lilith is listening. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, the two things we get here, just kind of, I think we can follow the Lilith storyline because that very much goes off on its own path 
it yeah. intersects a little bit. Uh, but Lilith goes down to tell Lucifer that Morningstar is dead, tells them about the void. She wants her powers back. Caliban and Lucifer want to kill Sabrina and Spellman. Uh, we'll loop back to them in a second. Uh, but by the end, Lucifer is unsuccessful and Lilith stabs him with the spear. Not the spear mm-hmm. of Golgotha. I'm forgetting its actual name uh, for the previous episode, the one that killed Lazarus. Right yeah. in his wingtips, uh, stabs him there, drinks his blood, takes his power, and exiles him from hell. This, to me, was the biggest dangling plot line, in a yes. way, for the season. Really? Yeah, and I think um, in the chess piece uh, world, I think this is the counterpoint to um, Wardwell taking over the Pilgrim of the Night Church. Lilith has the power in hell. Uh, Wardwell has that power, leaving all the other all of our coven in, in the middle. And that would, I think, have set up some of the uh, factions, Game of Thrones style factions, uh, for the next season that we will never see. Yeah, I, even if uh, all I was going to say is, even if emotionally it set a you know it completed Lilith's arc by her finally becoming the queen of hell getting revenge on Lucifer, all these things. To your point, I think there's still a lot of things that could have been continued there. Yeah, but I agree yeah. with you. The emotional arc and closing up that way was was satisfying. And this is tough because, you know, it's the the last episode. I'm sure they had to cut a lot of stuff out. And I heard that they had, like, a really interesting scene between Lucifer and Lilith. And Lilith was like, yo, I want the throne. And he was like, after you fucking, what you did to your baby, you don't even deserve to be in hell. Get the fuck out of here. And she was and like, what true? baby? You're making that up, right? Of course. Oh, okay. All right. I I actually was not sure because that seems feasible. (laughs) Pete, breaking news. Our ace reporter scoops the page. Oh, boy. Uh, So Blackwood goes over to Lilith. She sews his head back on. uh, And now, finally, it's Halloween. Sabrina wakes up late because her clock is gone. Our first indication that something's weird. We get one last Spellman's having breakfast scene. Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Hilda and then, making pancakes. Yes, Pete? No, no, you're going to get to it, sorry. No, I was going to say that the pancakes are gone, which is, I think, the biggest event in the episode, right, Pete? Right, exactly. <laughs> Guys, you don't just move on when there is a giant stack of pancakes missing, and you know goddamn well it wasn't Vinegar Tom, okay? There's no fucking way. <laughs> Sabrina looks, and the you know the syrup is not disturbed around where the pancakes move. How the fuck is Vinegar Tom going to do that? You think Vinegar Tom comes in from the ceiling on some kind of rope thing, like Mission Impossible styles? Come on, guys! Wow. To be fair, he is a dog that returned from the dead, so I wouldn't put it past him to be able to ghost through those pancakes. Uh, Not many people know this, but Pete, for a little while, was the Sherlock Holmes of pancakes. Yes. He's broken up a lot of International House of Pancake thefts (laughs) over the years. You found Carmen Sandiego there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's the... always the syrup. <laughs> Don't give away your tricks, Magnum PI. <laughs> uh, let's see. So uh, Caliban and Lucifer, as we mentioned, uh, want to kill Sabrina and the Spellmans. They find out this information. Lilith, I love this idea that Lilith was like, I've got a great place where they're going to be. Their house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just go, go to where they live. There. Yeah, I'll know exactly uh, where they're going to be. Uh, but then I did love this scene. Beelzebub and Caliban go up to the miners. They're going to get oh. an army of the miners. And Beelzebub releases the bees. Yes. Let's lose the bees on the miners. If there's any anyone who's suffered the most throughout four seasons of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, it's anybody that works in a mine. These guys also, have gone through a lot. 
how the fuck are you going to, you live in this scary ass town where all this shit has gone down for however many fucking seasons and you're just going to make jokes like, hey, a little late for Halloween over here. Am I right, guys? <laughs> you fuck. Hey, where'd you running. come from? The doors are held down there? Hey! Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you gonna turn us into some like goat man, or like you gonna take our hearts out, or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, I've been working in this mine the whole my whole life. I've never seen someone come up from the bottom before. Whoa! Uh, so yeah, they infect them. Uh, the Sabrina is giving out candy on Halloween, but there's no candy in the bowl, which is awful. Also, those kids traveling way out of their way to go to yeah, that house—that that is inefficient. House. The scary oh. house. And she just turns them away. It just way. My can't main fucking point magic is, some candy for those poor kids. It wastes too much time. You don't go to a house like that. You got to go to a, a tight knit, close neighborhood to maximize your candy time when you're trick or treating. You don't go to houses that are remote with far away driveways, long not, driveways. You don't do you that. Know, sometimes kids don't have that option, Sal. But it's not like they all mm-hmm. have personal drivers like you had, where they can pick whatever neighborhood they wanted <laughs> to go. Okay, you got to fucking made- trick or treat where you are. Alex Listen. may not have been kissing a lot of people in high school, but he certainly had a lot of candy. <laughs> <laughs> he had that Halloween shit cracked. Yeah. I was the rich asshole who'd drive around in my limo, roll down the window, and go, Give me your candy, kids! <laughs> well, anyway. We only drove around sometimes. Sometimes I go to a neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Where were we? Okay, so uh, Lucifer shows up at the house. He wants Morningstar's body. Uh, Sabrina agrees to bind her magic. She's not going to use magic anymore. Lucifer's going to take it away. Uh, The miners attack, but Sabrina makes them all disappear. Um, Oh, sorry, I should mention uh, first she blows on a cake, but it's also gone. Yeah. Um, Mm. So clearly things are going terribly wrong. And blowing Uh, on a cake used to be a tradition that people did on (laughs) on their birthdays. Right, yeah. back when we had them as group birthdays. Uh, Lucifer heads back to hell. As we mentioned, Luther, Lilith stabs him. Well, well, uh, while that's happening, yes. He does not just go back to hell. Sweet fire exit. Come mm-hmm. on, the last one we got. Let's let's enjoy this Pay last tribute. sweet fire exit. By I love I love the uh, in memoriam reel you're going to build of all the fire exits from the <laughs> Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> Man, that's going to be upwards of 15 seconds long. We didn't uh, start the fire. <laughs> the music. Uh, that is the saddest song I've ever heard. What a good in a memoriam song. Is this burning an eternal flame? Oh, that, that's, yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah, that's wow. the one. Uh, so uh, Sabrina freaking out. Everybody freaking out. Uh, she starts making things disappear, including several of her friends. Uh, she realizes when her soul got sucked out of the void, she brought a bit of it with her. Harvey's dad, which yeah. I thought Harvey was like, "That's my dad. Don't do that." And she did it. And he was like, Come oh, on. "Oh man, yeah, that was rough." Harvey's <laughs> face when Sabrina disappeared as dad. Oh, but also I feel like Sabrina was like, "Yo, you don't get along with your dad, so like, cool it." Oh, uh. I also like to see that we got to see the cool uh, Ambrose scanner one more time. That was fun. Yeah, uh, I so love. She ends up completely. Uh, we realize that she oh, has yeah, the, the void scanner. in her, um, and they come up with a plan. Which, uh, so what? How did you feel about this, Justin? Because you've definitely been pushing for like 
let's use all of the things by the end of the season. Yeah. And I feel like they kind of did, but kind of didn't. They end up using the weird as a space mask. So Nick can go into the void, get Sabrina's body with Pandora bo- Pandora's box and bring it back. Um, yes, Pete. Well, I just wanted to point out, Nick does do a humble brag here. Where it was like, how are we going to find Sabrina in space? And Nick's like, well, I'm a good boyfriend. So I got my girlfriend yeah. a tracking device because I care. Bad boy, good boyfriend. Um, I think when he they say, let's just turn the weird into an eldritch oxygen mask. Uh, I forget who says it, but I think it's it's Ambrose or Nick. And they're like, that's good enough for me. And I feel like that was literally the writer's room talking. They're <laughs> like, yeah, that's good enough. You know, come on. I mean. And they didn't. Uh, maybe I missed it. I saw them carting around the dollhouse, but I could not f- figure out for the life of me what exactly they were doing with that. They were throwing the part of the plane was getting rid of all the Eldritch terrors, so they went they into throw the void. In. Oh, to right, throw them into the box. That's right. So they were getting rid of all of them, but I agree with you. I expected them to sort of fashion a weapon out of the other seven terrors to then use against the void, which wasn't the way it went. Um, but it, it was cool to see the the items as sort of these just images to uh, signify the end of their taking all of the season and putting it into this void, uh, vanishing it forever. Yeah. Uh, So Blackwood, at that point, Sabrina has escaped. Uh, She has gone to the Mountains of Madness. Um, Blackwood approaches her. Uh, Her void powers don't work on him for a very similar reason that the Imp of the Perverse didn't work on Roz and Sabrina a couple of episodes back. He wants to help her control the void, or so he says. Uh, Two weeks later, Blackwood welcomes Prudence, Ambrose, uh, and Roz Roz and and Salem. And, and Agatha. Agatha. Yes. Uh, How about that cat in the back? Pete, you must have been loving it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just smart. You know, using the familiar mm-hmm. Roz, uh, a genius. But again, I felt like, you know, this would have been great, you know, if we had Dorcas there. I feel like if mm-hmm. you're going to roll deep, you know, for the last episode. Well, I, I was going to save this to later when we got to the point when Sabrina says goodbye to everybody and yeah. lists. Yep. Literally Everybody. every character in the show except for Dorcas. Except and, for the Dorcas. And Dorcas she, is in the shot. But yeah, she's in the, the montage. Crazy. Erasure. The disrespect. The Dorcas disrespect has got to end. Hashtag yeah, disrespect Dorcas. This, but uh, worst episode ever. That's I think <laughs> <interesting>. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's a shame they didn't get to do the next season, which was um, the 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 War of Dorcas, the Dorcas, uh, Dorcas War. The first episode was going to be called. Oh, sorry, I forgot Dorcas. <laughs> oh. um, this uh, I thought I was impressed by how much they built uh, for the Temple of the Void in two weeks. Really, mm-hmm. a lot of great stonework. Yeah, impressive. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It was very gorgeous, especially uh, when also- one of your workers is wearing is using double canes. Yeah. yeah. I also like Fly- Father Blackwood's hair. Very, like, nicely unkempt. Like, kempt, yeah. but unkempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had grown out a little bit. That was very impressive. Impressive, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he welcomes then. It's almost dinner time. Sabrina hobbles out. Uh, she Va- is vow of silence. A, taking a vow of silence. The void must be fed. Uh, I... Nothing against Mamba Marie. I like these weird sisters a lot better. Like, Roz, Prudence, and Agatha works a lot better to be the Mamba Marie... Prudence and Agatha, yeah. I think. How, I don't know how, how you guys you. felt about that. How dare you? No, it, it definitely, this, I was like, I see, this makes more, because 
this is more of like the original Weird Sisters. Um, and we've just swapped out a uh, defunct sister for Roz. Come on, man. She's going over to Fate the Wink saga. She's going to be fine. At least right. you get to see her right. again. Oh, man. Uh, so uh, they read Blackwood, find out he's trying to bring the Void to Earth. Uh, he's trying to trick Sabrina. Sabrina starts freaking out. She makes Roz and Prudence disappear, I believe, which is mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Leaving yep. Ambrose and Agatha going strong. Yeah. Uh, everyone tries to figure out what's going on. Nick's got Sabrina's body and Pandora's box of the Void. Uh, they get back to Blackwood. Blackwood is going to su- sacrifice Sabrina. Uh, they hand him Pandora's box, but it's a total fake out. He just gets blinded, and they proceed to knock him out. I love this scene. Well, well not just knock him out. Like Nick Scratch does a f- incredible kick move. Yeah, I mean, what a what a run of like two minutes for Nick Scratch. He pops in from fucking space. Yeah, from bad boy to cold boy. And then he gets to get a decisive kick into Blackwood's face. Like, come on. That's just. Well, and I love this weak ass ending for Father Blackwood. We've talked yeah. about this before, but he's such a sniveling villain. Do you see him take it out in, for him, the stupidest way possible? I thought was just great. Like, it's yeah. a smart plan. Like, they do yeah. a smart plan, but it's a smart plan that takes advantage of everything that's dumb about him, same as they did in the uh, alternate universe world of the Ip of the Perverse. And there's no magic. I think they even say, like, it was just simple gunpowder on a, a, a box opening trigger, so, like, he gets fooled by not even being out magic, just outsmarted. Uh, and then Sabrina explains that they got to go forward with his plan anyway. That's the only way to actually stop him. They need to drain all the void out of her, open it up. Uh, and then Ambrose and Harvey. No, uh, not Ambrose and Harvey. Ambrose and Nick uh, are going to bring everybody back. Uh, Nick. No, Harvey, too. Harvey and Ambrose go in and Nick's got to oh, go right. do the. Uh, yes. Uh, OK. Shut it all down. Yeah, so uh, Nick is going to do the Pandora's box. Meanwhile, Zelda and Hilda are going to be with Sabrina the whole time. Uh, Nick says goodbye, kisses Sabrina. Hilda uh, and Zelda cut her open and drain the oh. a milky void out of there yeah. uh, that would make Alien jealous, I think. Um, the void portal opens up. A Banshee is there, which I thought was a nice callback yeah. to, I think, the first part, or maybe it was the second part. With the banshee, yeah. I don't quite remember. It was it was cre- it was like I think at first I thought it was like Hecti or something, but then I was like, oh yeah, it's a banshee. Yeah, it was uh, it was good, good like subtle little thing to do. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, but that's how you know that things are probably not going to go well for Sabrina at that point. We get uh, this is the most uh, gut wrenching uh, part of the episode: a flashback to me. all of Sabrina's birthdays oh, as uh. she says goodbye to everybody. The goodbyes so so really got me, really upsetting, yeah. emotional. Like, I didn't realize how much of an emotional connection I had into this family, mm-hmm. um, which I think, again, on my sort of take on the season of her being isolated uh, to really realizing that she had everything she needed right there at home. And I think with this this montage just really nails it. I thought yeah. it was just great. Nothing yeah. like a great montage. So so good. If only it had been a workout montage, it would have been just that much better. Just throw a couple of push-ups in there. (laughs) Come on, please. A little Rocky theme music. Everyone emerges from the void, even Nick, but it's too late. 
Sabrina's and milky Nick's so happy. Turned, yeah, uh, her milky blood has turned to regular blood, and oh. she is dead. What uh, a difference! Then we get a funeral scene, dual graves for the two Sabrinas. I just want to mention this here. Uh, if I ever die, I don't think it's going to happen, but if I ever die, what I want you guys to do is do a uh, comic book faithful version of my head and put it on the grave. Could you do that? I'm sorry. Yeah, like what? a tiny etching, or do you want like a full-on bust? Uh, no, 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 like a tiny etching, like a little etching, sort of just my hair, I think, if anything. Okay. No, I'm going to do, Maybe do the just your beard. Oh, wow. I would That's throw the glasses in there. Sure, no, that would no. be good. No, or well, you trying to like do... you trying to change your legend that he had perfect vision yeah. the whole time. No, I like that. I like that they had the uh, chilling adventures of Sabrina, hair and headband with the color coordination for Morning Star. Got Spellman. Very nice. They, uh, they spent the extra money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they work in the business. They yeah, work exactly. in the funeral business. Like they know a guy. They know they got yeah. a gravestone guy. Yeah. They were like, "Hey, my uh, my niece died. Can we get a, two of them? We can we get a little bit of a discount? What are we thinking, huh?" Hey, you guys wouldn't believe this, but I got a real cash cow in Greendale, and everybody's dying there. <laughs> I make a grave hand over fist. Uh, I'm running out of so, stone. Yeah, very I'm sweet. Out of very... stone. <laughs> uh, super sad uh, funeral, but the part that actually got me beyond the montage was that they set up a statue of Sabrina. The in statue the was really. Uh, and Hilda and Zelda talking, Zelda not being That's able to when it I started crying right yeah. there. When they started going and then when Hilda said she would move back in. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. So sad, but so sweet. This is another thing that I think like I I felt a little conflicted about this when thinking about is this the end of the show and are things tying up? Because I do think Sabrina tied up in a very concise way. Like yes. we talked about, Lilith and Mosadwark was finished. I don't know that Zelda and Hilda were moved forward at all by the end of the show. You know, they kind of, in a way, end in the same place that they began. But I also think they're the timeless witches. Like, they're mm-hmm. the sort of Roald Dahl-style witches in the, at the house at the end of the lane that are old and they've been old for centuries. Like, I, I don't mind that. I feel like in earlier seasons, it was there's a lot of, like, let's push them in these different directions. And then this season, it was like, no, they're sort of the stabilizing force yeah, and the, the other characters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then we Prudence. great scene. Blackwood oh. back in the room. He's blinded. Prudence says, listen, I know you're immortal uh, and you're impervious to harm. Uh, I'm going to just real quick chop you into a million pieces and spread you all over the earth with a chainsaw. Yeah. Oh. Great. Yeah. One last great. gross, bloody scene for oh. the seasons. Just, super just a nice. I feel like there's so much uh, horror. Um, sort of inspiration in this show and to have this as like the second to last scene basically I thought was really cool. Yeah. We get a quick shot as mentioned of Miss Wardwell closing the gospel saying that's it. So she, even she doesn't necessarily know about this final scene here. Uh, And this is the big one to probably talk about. This is the last scene of the show. Sabrina in a different art gallery, not the void. It says the sweet hair after. So it's presumably their version of heaven. Uh, There's still art on the walls in the same way. Uh, Nick comes in. She says, what are you doing here? He says, oh, I was uh, swimming in the Sea of Sorrows. There's a sick undertow there. Sick undertow, brah. They kiss. They say they'll be together forever for all eternity. 
the ultimate endgame end of show. Uh, what did you think about this last scene? What did you think about this ending? How did this strike you? It was a little weird. It left me with sort of like, huh. Um, and What's weird I about like, that? It just felt... Um, well, it speaks to a larger thing. Like, Nick Nick went from being um, the bad boy to this very... He basically became Harvey by this last moment, which is interesting. It is sort of what she wished on with Candleboy. Yeah. Um, and it, it sort of came true in that way. But it just felt... There was something uh, that felt a little dream... Like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was sort of David... It was like Twin Peaks. He was David Lynch in a, in a bit. But it still just felt a little bit too sweet. I wanted one couple little turns of uh, darkness or Sabrina-like mischief or something there. I thought it would have been a really nice way to be like, yes, it's still the same thing. I thought it was, uh, you know, uh, Nick uh, proving that, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Sabrina above all else and uh, I thought it was very sweet for him to sacrifice himself like that a uh, couple of couple of quick thoughts about this because I, I agree with you Justin that I just there were too many things that gave me pause in this short scene for it to feel entirely satisfying to me uh, one like the void I like the bold choice of just having this Thing yeah. that said the sweet hereafter, that is what their view of heaven is, and that's fine, but it doesn't necessarily jibe with what we know about heaven so far, mostly that angels suck. They're just yeah. awful across the board. So knowing that, that Sabrina has ended up there doesn't necessarily feel like a good thing to me. I don't know where else she would end up necessarily, but that certainly gave me a little pause. And the Nick thing, I appreciated that if you're going to do something that is in... Chilling Adventures of Sabrina in Riverdale, in Katie Keen. If you're going to be like, what is Endgame? Endgame is we are in heaven for eternity forever. Great. Go for that. That's awesome. But I felt very uncomfortable with the idea that Nick clearly committed suicide. Like I I agree with that. I felt I was like, oh, bummer. Last idea. Like it was classic even, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, there's even like, okay, so there's the theological repercussions of the fact that if you commit suicide, you go to hell, right? So, But you're doing it for love, you get a pass. The sea of Sorrows would end up in hell, not in heaven. But also just the idea that like, uh, yeah, it just feels kind of icky and not romantic in a modern context for me. Um, so all of those things gave me pause. I still appreciated the show, liked it, but there was something that didn't quite sit right with me that had very last scene. Well, here's my interpretation that I think helps you helps that a little bit. I, I, my walking, after I thought about it for a while, I was like, that was Sabrina's afterlife. I don't think mm-hmm. it was heaven. I don't think it was hell. It was her just like, I've also watched Soul like four times in the last couple Oh, years. man. Uh, but so that was her own personal afterlife. And I think that was not necessarily... Nick, Nick's being entering her space. I think that was the idealized version of that, and it it shows that she finally felt like she met a partner that she could have with her, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know accepted that end game. And the idea of him being there and her having companionship was enough to make her happy. So I, because I do think the suicide thing really sort of got in the way of that, but. Yeah. Um, but I, if it's not him actually killing himself, because that is a thing that like a teenager would be like, he loves me so much, he'd do anything, he'd die for me. And yeah. that, I think, feels a little bit easier to take in. 
Yeah. Well, but I, I think there there were different options there. I think that's a fair interpretation, and I'm willing to go with that. But you could have done something. Maybe this would have been too complicated to explain in three seconds at the end of the episode. But something like, yeah, I lived a full life, and now I'm here. You know, that's that would have been yeah. fine. <laughs> that would have achieved the same purpose. I no, have but I several wives after. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, they originally when they shot it, Sabrina was like, ooh, Nick, ah, don't love you like forever, forever, you know? Like, you made a bold choice assuming that I was, like, really into this. I also would have liked it uh, if the moment was, hey, Sabrina, yeah, oh, God, it's so great to see you. I love you. And if it was like, uh, if she was like, hey, we're fighting this new terror thing. I need you to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wonder I wonder if maybe there were different options of the scene that they filmed. Like one was the we're canceled option and one was the we're not canceled option just to kind of keep it open. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think... I do feel very strongly that you should not judge an entire show by the last scene. I think that's something that people do a lot where they're like, of course you're going to be the last note you're left with is the thing that sort of sticks with you. But there was enough fun and good about this episode and good about the show as a whole uh, that I think it was great. It was a great ride. I do hope they figure out some way to continue it in some way. Um, Yeah to give closure, particularly to fans that were a little put off by the ending. Um, But uh, this is good. I I was really happy with this overall. As the last episode, I thought this was great. The, The last moment was a little off perhaps, but like the episode as a whole, I thought was just the montage, all that last run up to the final moment I thought was so well done. And that is so hard to do. Especially then, when they didn't know the series was ending, they were just mm-hmm. ending the season, and they ended the season with this huge emotional impact that it works as a series ender as well, which I think is is amazing. Yeah, and Pete, also how do you when, feel about it, uh, you know, as far as like heightening goes, like last episode or last whatever the fuck season chapter at the end of it, she's in hell. Oh, this one, and she's kind of in a heaven type thing. I like the heightening and kind of like. Uh, you know, put it in a, a, a sweeter place where her and Nick could uh, be together, regardless of how Nick got there. You know, he showed up for his love. So you guys should get off him a little bit about how he got there, right? Well, I think it's the called question... the Sea of Sorrow. He was sad and he missed Sabrina. Like we all will miss Sabrina, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going swimming in the sea of. <laughs> TV sorrows <laughs> next weekend. Uh, right, it's very level. cold this time. Sick undertow. Sick. Uh, the big question, I think, is at the end of the day, was Nick Scratch a bad boy for life? Oh man, he was definitely a bad boy for death. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, at the end of the any day, fi- any he, final thoughts? Hold on, I got, I got to close yeah. up my bad boy. Uh, yeah, go for oh, it. Okay, oh, geez, he was a, a great bad boy. But he's also a great good boy. So I think maybe he, he was just a boy boy. Oh, mm. a medium boy? <laughs> medium boy. That sounds uh, very disgusting. Excuse me, I ordered boy. a medium boy? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a large boy for 10 cents more? <laughs> no! <laughs> That's how they get you. That's how they get you. So much boy. I'm not here to finish all this. Boy. I can't finish all this. medium boy. It's too much. <laughs> too much boy. Too much boy. I'm already no, in sweatpants over here. I can't eat all this. Yeah. 
If, you, if I eat all this, it's going to be my end game. Oh. Hey. hey. Uh, I'm going to end any, up with any... diaboides. Oh, <laughs> wow. Man, I, wow. I don't want to end on that note. Uh, what uh, <laughs> do you, Any other final thoughts about Sabrina, just overall as a series that you want to offer? Any Anything uh, else? I just, I think overall, uh, a lot of fun. Just great use of the genre to kind of tell some great stories. Um, Antes were just phenomenal from start to finish. They were really the rocks that held this thing together so they could go to crazy town all the time. Yeah, I thought this this show was was great. I mean, it it's interesting in the, looking at this in the context uh, of Riverdale as well, which is is continuing on. This show is such a nice. Uh, sister show to Riverdale where like things got a little bit weirder things still moved at the same pace um, but we uh, got to see so many different things and so many more surprises in every direction so I mean uh, I don't know if it had the pace that Riverdale has like Riverdale's pace is like really insane well, I think the thing that was good about Sabrina was it was structured in advance in a way that Riverdale is not. You know, Riverdale, to its credit, is, sometimes feels like this fever dream that you're watching where it's like, and then this happens, and then this happens, yeah. and then yeah. this happens. And this had all of those things happen, but in a more structured format where they were able to work ahead over the course of the eight or 10 or 11 episodes, however much there were in each part. Uh, and I think that worked to its benefit. The main thing that I'm just bummed about is it feels like such a no-brainer to have a new couple of episodes of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina coming out every Halloween on Netflix, yeah. and that's not going to happen. Special just... episodes. They should just do, yeah, like, exactly. one and done. Um, but since we're talking about both of them compared to and together, something that occurred to me is they both really hate babies. In Riverdale, they threw babies into the fire. There was floating babies that got, you know, uh, uh, engulfed in mm-hmm. flames. And this one, babies got filleted <laughs> like they were going to get eaten. I mean, that's, that's some serious baby hating going on over here. Yeah, that's my big takeaway that I want to leave with Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is what they felt about babies. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Pete. Uh, <laughs> before we wrap up, on the entire show, which witch reigns supreme over the course of 36 episodes... Wow. Should we do this episode and then do the sure, whole thing? Sure. So you okay. can say this episode and then all, a whole okay. show. Pete, okay. go ahead. All right. I'm going to say uh, for this episode, uh, obviously Salem and the trinket person. And overall, uh, I got to say Ambrose and the Antis. Wow. You can take all the characters. Yeah. Uh, are you just looking at IMDb and reading down every character what? on the list? I ha- I guess I have to say boom would... operator David Young. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say, Justin, for this episode and also for the entire series? Um, I gotta say, um, I mean, uh, yeah, you gotta pick Sabrina. The whole show is is uh, built around her. She we got to see, even though it was only one year out of her life, technically, she got to grow up in so many different contexts over the course of this. And I think this season especially, and this episode, she got to portray the character from uh, the Spellman perspective, the Morningstar perspective, seeing both of these things at the same time. I, all that is so difficult to do just from an acting perspective. And it all really came together so well. And for an 
uh, Karen Shipka, who is like, you know, a young actor coming into this role, the whole show is on her shoulders, and she just really, like, brought it. She, like She killed she, it, yeah. She embodied the character. She is the image of Sabrina that I think will go forward, despite the show not. And so I, I appreciate her uh, top to bottom. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this episode uh, was a great one for her. It was a great send-off for her, uh, both as an actress and a character. Um, like I said... It was the episode that really showed that Sabrina has learned something over the past 36 episodes after the over the past year. Uh, she has stepped into being a hero by the end, and I thought that was great. Uh, overall, for the show, um, I want to give it Dorcas. Yeah! My heart wants to give it to Dorcas, but in all honesty... Even she did. Torn. She did change a lot. She went from being sort of on the show to not being on the show at all. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Respect the Dorcas. I gotta give it. If it is really tough to choose one, uh, but I gotta give it to Aunt Zelda. I think Miranda Otto has been superb from day yeah. one. Even though I it's love great. Lucy Davis as Aunt Hilda, the emotional journey that Aunt Zelda has gone on has been great. The biggest. Uh, most poignant moments of the show are the ones where Aunt Zelda breaks a little bit and shows that emotion below the icy exterior, how she cares for Sabrina, how she cares about the people around her, how she cares for Vinegar Tom. Um, she's been incredible over the course of all of these episodes, and it's been wonderful to see. Uh, and folks, I think that is it. Oh, we should do one more thing. Pete, you wanted to chart the arc of Trinket Man over the course of his run on the show? Yeah. yeah, starting uh, with episode one and going to episode 36. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So basically what you realize is, you know, Trinket Man is kind of like the overseer of what's going to happen next on the show. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure. But what's nice is Sabrina realized since Trinket Man holds the fate, she shouldn't make the decision. He should guide her and they make the decision together. So, yeah. I, I barely followed that. We can just cut that part out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, as mentioned, this is the final episode of our Chilling Adventures of Sabrina podcast. However, we do have a Riverdale podcast that is kicking off we do? very soon called Riverdale After Dark. Uh, you can check that out on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Socially, Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook. We also do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to lament the ending of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina with you. There is nothing that we would like more comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more until next time we've bad boys one and all i'll just be here in this weird wood until the show gets picked up again okay
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.